millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you can't laugh at yourself, then who can you laugh at? With that in mind, I'm Sean Ferrick for Who Culture, and here are eight times that Doctor Who mocked itself. Number eight, the fourth Doctor mocks the overpowered sonic screwdriver. These days, the sonic screwdriver can do just about everything, and I do mean everything. It's a bit ridiculous, but this has been going on in Doctor Who for years, going back, in fact, to Tom Baker's incarnation as well. The writers have had a bit of fun throughout the years, giving it like little weaknesses here and there. You know, for example, it's fairly useless against wood, considering it's a screwdriver. I've got to invent a setting for wood, it's embarrassing. But in the invasion of time, the Doctor actually manages to get a little dig in at the overpowered device by looking at the camera and making quite a funny comment. He gets up to the door and, as he's wanted to do, pulls out the Scottish screwdriver and the door does nothing. The doctor turns and looks directly into the camera and goes, Even the sonic screwdriver won't get me out of this one. It's a very knowing little wink and a nod to the audience who have watched him use that sonic screwdriver to do just about everything up to this point. Just because he wrote it in here doesn't mean that the Sonic would stop evolving from this point on, but at least it let us know that, yeah, yeah, the Doctor's just as aware of this as we are. Number seven, Billy Shipton mocks the wonky TARDIS windows. Since the 2005 revival, there was a little bit of back and forth over the design of the TARDIS. So much so that uh, some of the people who live online, of which I have been one of them, were criticizing the everything about it, really, including the shape of the windows. Writer Stephen Moffat was also one of these lovely online dwellers, and he was well aware of this. So when he wrote the episode Blink, he actually includes a little joke about this in the episode itself. When Billy is showing Sally Sparrow some of the empty cars that have been found outside Western Drumlands, he also shows her the TARDIS. He quickly says, well, it can't be a real police box because it's got a dummy phone and the windows are the wrong size. It's just one quick line. Because of the way Doctor Who has evolved, it doesn't have to look exactly like a police box anymore because quite frankly, they're not used anymore. It's not as relevant as it would have been, say, in the 60s when it was used for the first time. Look, if it's a blue box, we know it's the TARDIS. Number six. The Tenth Doctor mocks the unit dating controversy. There is a little bit of a behind the scenes and on screen snafu when it comes to unit that back in the 70s and the 80s it got a little bit confusing as to what year it was and what was going on and quite frankly it's never made sense so just don't try. In the season 4 episode The Santaran Stratagem the Doctor actually addresses 
this fact as well. And a little tiny, just a little gag about it. Something that was kind of saying to the fans, we're just as confused as you are. The doctor is explaining to Martha that he used to work with Unit in the 70s. And then he pauses and goes, but was it the 80s? Simple as that, that's all they say and there's no more attention brought to it, but it's just enough to let people know that, yeah, we're in on the joke, we, we get it. Number five, the 12th Doctor mocks the fact that everyone is usually evil. When you've encountered as many bad guys as the Doctor has throughout time and space, you start to get a little bit of a complex. You know, kind of, oh, I'm gonna land on this planet, I'm gonna bring my new companion, oh, they're dead. You tend to start expecting the worst. In Twice Upon a Time, which was Peter Capaldi's final episode as the Doctor, Doctors 1 and 12 encounter the Testimony Foundation. Now these glass avatars, initially, we start to think, yeah, these guys are clearly bad guys. Especially when the pretty dead Bill shows up. Late in the episode, we discover that, actually, no, they're not bad guys. And the Doctor turns around and says, I don't really know what to do when there isn't an evil plan. When you have the show go on as long as it has already and you have so many evil reveals, it's fun then to go, well, hang on, not everybody is bad. We get why you expect it, but it's not everyone across the board. That's all right then, there's a few Daleks in there as well. Oh wait, no, that's a good Dalek. Oh dear. Number four, the fourth Doctor mocks the show's production values. Doctor Who did certainly have a reputation for a long time of looking a bit cheap. And you know what? They were producing a lot of stuff kind of on the fly. They did what they could and were hampered for a long time by what was actually available to them in terms of effects. Still, the bulk of Doctor Who's lifetime happened basically before television special effects really it was a long time until Game of Thrones, put it that way. The era of the 13th Doctor has brought Doctor Who into some of the best it's ever looked. Back with the 4th Doctor, not so much. In the serial The Destiny of the Daleks, the TARDIS arrives on a new planet and they go to look outside and they're met with a cliff wall. And the Doctor goes, Oh look, rocks! Clearly, this was a nod to the fact that every week the TARDIS was touching down in another quarry somewhere because that was the most popular filming location for Doctor Who. It was getting on a little bit. We knew he was going to end up in a quarry. Just can we just kind of skip this bit and move on? But that doesn't mean that we couldn't take a second to just be like, we're in a quarry. Number three, the master mocks the show's inconsistent history. In season 12, the episode Spyfall, Graham is talking to MI6 agent O, who of course later turns out to be the new incarnation of the master, about the Doctor. Agent O says that they have lots of files on the Doctor, but th the thing is, uh, there's a lot of inconsistencies and this one contradicts that one and that contradicts this one. And if you try and put all of the history of Doctor Who, if you, if you had the headspace to do this and try and put it in chronological order, you will see it is littered with inconsistencies and changes here and there. Such is the nature of such a long running show and such a revolving door of writers. Because as well, you've got time travel, you can change the events of the past, change the events of the future, and it doesn't have to be this universe altering thing. In fact, some poor soul has to sit there and try and keep track of it all. We know as an audience, those of us who have obviously gone back and watched some of the earlier Who, and those of us who have grown up with the Doctor for their whole lives, know that every now and again something is going to happen that just goes, now wait now, that, that, 
No, no, because there was a rule there before that that means this can't exist and that can't exist. But that's not going to stop us getting in the way of a good story now, is it? Number two, WizKid mocks the show's obsessive fan base. It's true. We can be nuts sometimes. And I say we. Oh my god, have I watched an episode and gone like, well, actually, the doctor wouldn't do that. And um, that's, that's, no, no, the TARDIS can't do that either. I have done that. I am holding my hands up and saying that. This is not something that's unique to myself, and nor is it unique to the revival era. Back during the seventh Doctor's run in the serial The Greatest Show on Earth, the seventh meets a kid called the Whiz Kid. Yep, that's his name in the show. The Whiz Kid claims to be a huge fan of the psychic circus, but also then goes on to bash the psychic circus and says, oh, it's not as good as it used to be. This was the show kind of going to the fan base. Look, we understand some things change, some things are new, some things are a little bit harder to swallow than others. Give us a chance to do something with this material and hopefully you'll be pleasantly surprised. There have been people from William Hartnell's day right up to Jodie Whittaker's day going, not my doctor, nope, I'm never gonna like this show again. There is no crime in loving the outgoing doctor. There is no crime in taking a little while to warm to the incoming doctor. Number one, the curse of fatal death mocks everything. Technically, right, this is not an episode of Doctor Who, even though it absolutely should be. It was written by Stephen Moffat, though, so, you know. The Curse of Fatal Death was a 1999 Red Nose Day special that is absolutely hilarious. It's on YouTube, right? Do, do check it out. It sends up everything about classic Doctor Who. Rowan Atkinson appears as the Doctor for the bulk of the episode, until there's about five or six different Doctors at the end, and they tease the fact that the Master's working with the Daleks, they tease the fact that both the Master and the Doctor keep going back in time to bribe the Architect of the place where they are, they tease relationships between the Doctor and his companions, something that would go on into the Revival era, and they also tease the fact that the Master gets upgraded by the Daleks and gets Dalek bumps. Brilliant. It's just a loving tribute to the fact that Doctor Who is bonkers. It's silly, even when it's being serious, and it should be taken as entertainment. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program.